Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm your show host, Debbie Gardner McCullough, DG McCullough. I'm a narrative coach and a communications coach from New Zealand based in the fine state of Wisconsin. In each episode, we unpack communications tips, tips and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all around the world who found a gift, an opportunity, or some knowledge from a challenging situation. In this week's podcast, I'm kind of dovetailing off of last week's episode when we spoke with career coach Charlie Jett on how to navigate career change and how to communicate that change to an audience. But in this week's podcast, I'm responding to a request for help on how do I know when to make vital career change and if I'm stuck on what that change looks like, how do I make it clearer? Some interesting data makes this kind of even more compelling. A recent poll found over half, specifically 52% of American workers, consider career changes for next year and as January approaches. 44% already plan to make the switch, but a sad 14% of Americans feel satisfied with their current job. It seems pretty low. And then when I speak with clients and peers working in other continents, I hear similar numbers. Here's the thing, for a career transitioner like me, who's cheerfully changed industries and careers multiple times, I love data like this. And here's why. Career change ignites a new sense of purpose. Career change brings conviction and a boost not only in salary, but also in happiness and productivity. But then there's that big question I hear from those I coach. How do you know it's time for change? And once you know, how do you even get started? And even more importantly still, where do you start? How do you even get going? Now, I don't have all the answers, but in this week's podcast, I'm sharing some ideas, strategies that I've bounced off of multiple coaches, and they've seen results with these concepts. We co-created them together on the fly, so I know these work. I'm also sharing my own short stories in hopes that it helps those eager to take a big step feel a little bolder to do it now rather than leaving it on the back burner for yet another year. Seize the day. Strike while the iron is hot. Here's the first step. Explore why this move feels hard anyway. Do you lack the money and savings, the confidence, the courage, or do you have unhealed wounds from the past? Perhaps a boss or a colleague or a, an, a client you have to interact with regularly is triggering you and there's some saboteur interference getting in your way. Perhaps those feelings that come up for you immobilize you and help make you define yourself in a negative way. Whatever it is, do some vital thinking because without thinking and knowing what obstacles you feel, you'll not know how to circumnavigate things as you get on the road. Step two, figure out the parts that you love about the work that you do and the parts that you must leave behind. In my earlier podcast with coach Charlie Jett, Charlie reminded us of the power of finding what brings you joy. This step becomes a great place to start with career change. So list out everything that you love and examine why. Additionally, and what I found really helpful for my own career transitions, 
look at the parts that you dislike and stay honest as to why. My most career transition might illustrate these points. So over two years ago, right before COVID-19, I left academia after 19 years of service to retrain as a coach. I trained and certified for around one and a half years, both with the International Coaching Federation, all the way to the PCC level, and then with positive intelligence as a mental fitness coach. When I decided on what my new might be, it started with this, determining what it must become for me to grow and for me to fulfill my full potential. As I wrote down that list, I knew that whatever my new was, it must include interaction with bright, interesting, driven people. It must feel meaningful, creative and varied. It must energize versus drain and provide flexibility with where I did the work. My new job must pay a respectful wage aligned with my skills and training and provide unlimited growth. On this last part, note that 39% of those seeking new work in the US currently feel motivated by a want for greater pay. And I think that's okay. If pay is what motivates you, then feel peaceful with that and know that the research backs this feeling. Research from World Bank has shown many a, many a time that bumps in pay and having some kind of savings creates a significant boost in happiness. And if so, good for you. Go for it. Additionally, I knew that I wanted, through this new career transition, something that offered me a new way to do things and nothing too regimented. My new job, I wanted to include a new learning and some protocols to ensure that quality resulted. And I wanted my new work to fit around motherhood, my art, my marriage, and my ability to take care of myself. So I didn't want to work for instance 80 hours. That wasn't for me at all. And I knew that as I made this big move. Having said that, that's all I knew back then as I contemplated this big career change. But I remember this list felt helpful enough to embolden me for the next stage. Commit. I also recommend if you remain unsure, just commit. Play it out. Another small career transition story might make it clearer. In the past, when I had very little financial stability, i.e. I was kind of a broke single woman living alone in the big cities far away from my motherland, I had a buffer of a couple of months salary in the bank, but nothing too substantial. Even so, I did take big career moves in safer ways. In San Francisco, after five years of executive secretary work, I replaced that city income that I was bringing in as I moonlit as a freelance reporter with a bar team. I also started taking night classes in journalism at the San Francisco Community College, and this worked for me an internship with Wired News. This move felt bold, but it didn't feel reckless because the clips that I gathered at Wired News gave me credibility and training, which then qualified me to write for bigger places, more famous places, and got me into the UC Berkeley Graduate School of Journalism, which otherwise would have remained off limits for me. The bartending work, just two nights a week, more than covered my rent. Might I have become a journalist, a professor, and then a coach had I stayed as an executive secretary? 
And maybe, but knowing me, I don't think so, because this work did not feel joyous, nor did it build my confidence, nor did it seem to lead anywhere. Sometimes we must commit to making the change first and then let the rest figure itself. Next step, stay open and create space to think. The big question I often hear from those curious about career change is what, how will I know what my joys and dislikes are, my strengths and weaknesses, and how do I know what to pursue? Now, I don't always know, and I've made some blunderous career pivots, but I do find that the answers are white. What might become next move only come when we create the space. My own epiphany around entering coaching makes this idea a little clearer. I'd always taken some art breaks in between the corporate communication courses that I taught. And it was in this time of art without agenda, just complete frenzy painting. And in this particular instance, with alcohol on tile, using bramble for texture onto the tiles and old sponges and just getting completely messy. Amidst all of this, I heard the words coaching come to me over and over. Now, just to be clear here, I wasn't painting to help me figure out what my next move was. I was just painting. But in this devoted time of creativity without agenda is when the truth and the clarity came to me. A Google search revealed one of the nation's best programs, one of the few to provide in-person training, lived in Madison, just one and a half hours away from where I lived. I called the director at this UW Madison program, clarified that I felt interested, and in spite of the fee, I called three graduates that I asked to refer me to, and all of three of these coaches confirmed that I could indeed make this a very viable pivot indeed. Find something you're sort of done before, but take it to a new level. This is the one thing that really helped me also while navigating career change, was noticing the gaps and what I remained curious about. Was coaching on my radar before? Yes, it was. As a professor, I always coached. And as a journalist for 35-some years, I also coached the leaders I interviewed. Many of them felt unclear and unconfident and were hugging jargon. And I coached them gently to say it how they would say it to a dear friend, someone sitting on their couch at home. And only then would the readers of the publications I wrote for, many of them with millions of readers all around the globe, would read their ideas. So I was coaching in that moment, but I'd never really formally trained until the segue. Even then, it was only when I went to coaching school did I truly realize what coaching was. And it was only through that training, through the mentors and the friendships I made with my dear Spanish friend, Armin the coach, did I realize that I could create a hybrid of communications coaching and training and then declare a specific and exciting niche. This last part ties back to that need to stay open and just know. Things will become clearer as you get on your path towards change. 
Now, looking back over the past 2.5 years, I would say this last career pivot, my third and most monumental, was probably my most invigorating and my most rewarding one yet. Working as a communications coach for leaders during the plague of our time has felt extraordinary. It still feels extraordinary. And helping these leaders write and speak in ways which empower and complement them and remain authentic to them, especially those who've left their motherland to pursue their childhood dreams, brings me a joy I could never have known possible. I also felt big delight and huge pride in noticing I'm drawing on all of my skills and many of my experiences. My coaches want to know my stories. They want to learn not just the coaching and the training, but they also want to hear about my path. So in making this pivot, I have fulfilled my American dream and I found my happy place. So what's your happy place? And how are you going to take that move? I hope this podcast has stimulated something and sparked something bold within And I'd love to hear what's emboldened the career transitioners who've already made this kind of move listening to this podcast today. What helped you get started? And when did you know it was time? Write to me at hangingrockmedia at gmail.com and put within the subject line career transitioner if you'd like to share your story here on The Sage Sayers and let others know how to feel less stuck. Let them learn from you. In Muskego, Wisconsin, I'm DG McCullough with The Sage Sayers. It's been such a pleasure having you with me on the show tonight. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching service, check the show notes for my group and individual coaching packages. Book me for a session and let's chat. You'll also find my LinkedIn profile there and my website, hangingrockcoaching.com. Until next week, take good care. I'll speak with you again soon. Bye-bye for now.